guys, you're listening to Cut for Time, a podcast of Faith Church in Indianapolis. I'm Claire Kingsley, and I'm here with Pastor Jeff this morning. Hey, morning, guys. Pastor Jeff, you shared on Sunday about the Word of God, and you preached from Psalm 1. So why don't you give us just a flyover of your sermon on Sunday? Give us all a reminder before we jump into Cut for Time. Yeah, so obviously there's no shortage of passages in the Psalms or in the Bible to talk about the Word of God. And you might think of, for those that know the the Bible, some of the more obvious ones like Psalm 19 or Psalm 119, which is, I mean, it's like 120-something verses, 160 verses. So I figured, well, that's probably not going to work for Sunday. Mm -hmm. So Psalm 1 is not initially obviously about the Word of God, except the Word of God is sort of the hinge. It's the center point of the whole argument of Psalm 1, which is there are only two ways of life. Um, There's a way that leads to death and destruction and disappointment and failure, and there's a way that God intends for us to experience life that's full of blessing and joy and flourishing and love and purpose and hope. And the difference between them, the psalmist is saying, is... The blessed person is the one who recognizes the value and the beauty and the importance and the centrality of God's word, and they build their life around it. Uh, The the imagery is that this person delights in and meditates on the word of God. So we talked a little bit about um, what that looks like to delight in and and meditate on God's word, Mm -hmm. uh, and then what that produces, that life of blessing, a life of flourishing and, and joy um, being uh, like a stream planted, uh, trees planted by streams of water uh, that yields its fruit. So there's a fruitfulness, there's a, a giving of oneself for the sake of others because a tree produces fruit not so much for itself, but for a life beyond itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's this image of um, shade. Uh, it's it's uh, leaf stays green and there's a shade and rest and encouragement uh, because the roots have gone down deep into the, the water of God's word. So there's an endurance that comes there where we endure and we're able to encourage others and refresh others and help them endure. Uh, and then there's this flourishing and wholeness, this uh, promise that whatever he does prospers, which is not, you know, everything's going to be great and we're all going to be rich happy and successful, but a promise that God is at work and bringing wholeness and flourishing in the deepest sense in everything that happens to us in life. Mm -hmm. Uh, And in contrast, then sadly, those who ignore, diminish, you know, don't have time for priority for God and his word, uh, there's this image of chaff that the wind blows away. Like it provides no nourishment, it gives no rest, it has no future. And it's just, it's gone and forgotten. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we, we kind of get that, I think, just in terms of our own experience and observation of life. And yet the psalmist is saying the center part of all that is what we do with God and his word. So, Jeff, why don't you share something that you had to cut for time on <laughs> Sunday? Yeah, well, there, there are a few things. So, I yeah, because there's a lot here. I was thinking about... Um, most of us are probably familiar with Thomas Edison, the great American inventor, the mm-hmm. 1800s, 1900s. You know, invented the uh, gramophone, uh, you know, the record player and the light bulb and, uh, you know, all kinds of things. 
Edison had a couple of great sayings that I think relate to this. Um, you know, people talk about him as a genius, and Edison's saying was, well, genius is really 1% inspiration and 99% perspiration, which was his way of saying, yeah, having a great idea is one thing, but you actually have to do something with it, and, and it requires effort and action. Um, I was thinking about this in terms of what the psalmist is saying here. If I really want a life of blessing, here's what it's it's available and God wants me to have that and, and it's going to take not just desire but also intentionality and effort. Because um, the other great saying of Edison that I love was uh, a lot of people miss opportunity when it knocks because it often shows up in work clothes and looks like hard work. Mm-hmm. You know there's a a realism here in the psalm that says God wants a life of blessing for you, but it's going to take intentionality, effort, and action. Yeah. Uh, so am I willing, do I believe that there is a blessing for me that God wants me to experience and has planned for me to experience this life of solidity and blessing and flourishing and hope and love? Uh, if, I, if I believe that, then am I willing to trust God and believe that what he says about the way to achieve it is better than all the shortcuts that I'm tempted to take sometimes. Sure. You know, I, I use the illustration at the beginning of um, you know, my own recognition that I, uh, we, I don't do a great job of choosing things in the short term that are going to lead to my long-term happiness. Um, I've been working over the last few months on uh, dropping a few pounds because it's not like I was over hugely overweight or anything, but you know, just over a period of time, chips and ice cream and comfortable couches have a way of catching up with you. And there's been some intentionality around that. It's it's one thing to want to make choices to get healthier, but I have to actually decide. I'm not going to have that extra serving of ice cream with fudge sauce or, you know, that gigantic bowl of chips and queso. Not that any of those things in themselves are bad, but if I want to improve my health, I have to actually do something with it. Mm-hmm. And, and then I have to decide that the long-term blessing that I'm heading towards is more important than the short-term the shortcut that I that I will tempt to take to find that happiness and satisfaction. Yeah. I was reading a book recently um, where the author says, you know, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Mm. We really, we focus a lot on the truth. Mm. We focus a lot on the, the life that Jesus offers. Mm. But what mm. about the way? Mm. Like, he gives us a way. The Bible gives us a way to live. And... Um, do we see that as just as important mm. as mm. the first two? Mm. Or is just believing that Jesus is our Lord and Savior, is that enough? But then what mm. does that do about shaping the way of that we live, right? Making those really, those difficult decisions in those small moments that seem insignificant. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I mean, Jesus says, uh, take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. We're, there's going to be burdens in life no matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jesus is saying, I actually have a, a, a yoke, connect yourself to me, and, and it's not going to be burdensome. It's going to be life-giving. Yeah, it, I mean, it's still a yoke, but we're going to yoke ourselves to something, right? right. I mean, we're, we're following something, structuring our lives around something, and Jesus is saying, 
let me help you with that because I'm the one who designed you and designed life. Mm-hmm. And, and I, you know, so not just know stuff about a good way to go, but let me help you actually do it. Yes. And follow me. Yes. Yeah. So, Jeff, we do have a question that somebody submitted oh, for a couple excellent. Of I submit love those. this. This is my favorite part if someone gets us a question. Yeah, submit those questions. So, Greg would like to know, um, looking at verse 5 of Psalm 1, does it suggest individual lonely, aloneness for the evil person and being a member of a congregation for the wise? So, I'm going to go ahead and just read that verse yeah. for people who are listening in the car can't look it up. Psalm 1, verse 5 says, Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. So, Jeff, you've had, I sent this to you ahead of time, so you had some time to make sure you could process this. Yes. What's your answer? Uh, so the the question was about, you know, does that mean the, the wicked, the sinful people who ignore God are not going to be... Does it suggest individual aloneness? Uh, yeah, I think it does. Maybe not necessarily for this life, but eternally. Um, I, I think the, the context is an ultimate judgment of God uh, eternally that we may experience some of in this life. I mean, if you think about it, people who are, if, if on the one hand, sorry, if on the one hand you've got a picture of a life that is flourishing, self-giving, other-centered, full of love and joy and hope, and the alternative is a life that's the opposite of that, then, then people who are living outside of that pattern of God's blessing through self-giving and blessing others, that's going to create a kind of aloneness, mm-hmm. right? Um, because I don't want to give to other people. I, you know, I'm about taking, I'm about going my own way, and yeah, misery loves company, and so um, I may have people around me, but there's not going to be a close companionship and love and commitment and a full flourishing in community that way. But I think the, the real picture there is about ultimate uh, judgment, the end, um, which is a recognition not just of that reality in our lives, but that if God himself is the source of life and love and community, then to reject God and disconnect ourselves from him is essentially a choice to be the center of our own worlds and universes, which none of us can be. Because if you think about it, if that's fallen humanity, I want to be at the center and I want everyone to kind of orbit around me and life to work for me there's only one person that that can work for. Mm-hmm. Then we're just constantly going to be bumping against each other, our egos and wills clashing against each other. Uh, and so we're kind of choosing aloneness and separation because of a selfish, broken demand that things suit me, please me, and work according to my will. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that will be the eternal reality of those who reject God and finding our life, joy, purpose, love, meaning, and hope in him, which Mm -hmm. is terrible if you think about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, wanting connection and closeness and relationship and never able to have it because there's just this part of me that will not let me let other people matter more than me. That's so terrifying. Uh, in some ways, maybe more than, you know, some of the other pictures of hell, like 
fire and torment. Um, I, in, in danger of running off on a rabbit trail, I, I read a great thing a while ago about, you know, kind of two different, very different images of, of hell and punishment. One is fire and torment, and one is darkness and exclusion, and both of those are true. Uh, at the same time, there's a. This is kind of the imagery of darkness and exclusion, uh, but hell is also a, an actual ongoing torment of pain because of the pain that we brought on ourselves in refusing to be reconciled to the God who wants to give us life. There's there's no life, joy, happiness, or community ultimately outside of God. Mm-hmm. So if we are not willing to come to him for that we can't have what god is not able to give because it doesn't exist right thank you so much for answering our question oh yeah thanks for the question send those in that's fun yeah it is fun okay pastor jeff do you have any story or illustration that you want to share before we wrap up oh i think i kind of went through all those uh about you know trying to you know, lose some weight. And then, uh-huh. um, you know, I've dropped about 15 pounds and then I've gained about five pounds back lately because I made some really good progress and I got to feeling good about it. And then I'm like, I could, I, you know, I probably don't need to be as serious about this. I, you know, I've, I've kind of hit the target weight I wanted and now I'm, you know, like eh, a little more ice cream as, uh, our daughter has started working at, uh, Chipotle recently. Uh, so danger. Yes. She brought <laughs> home some chips and queso and it's pretty good. Uh, but the the scale tells the tale of my commitment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I ultimately, you know, that's not nearly as important as what the psalmist is talking about here. But there's a picture, right? It's like, okay, so how much do I want it? Yeah. Uh, if it's that important to me, uh, you know, to, to wear the pant size that I, I want to wear, um, I have to make some choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's, you know, an intentionality and an effort that comes with that. But, yeah. you know, we get that. That's true for yeah. all of life. And, and you see a result eventually, right. even though you don't see it the next day, right? Right. And I, is it possible that seeing results for just being in the Word would take even longer than a few weeks, a few oh. months, right? And so it's really hard to make that decision and commitment yes. because you're not going to step on a scale and see results within a month, right? right? Uh, Lewis talks about that a good bit, that you know there, there may be a good bit more of duty than delight, but the delight comes as a result of the duty. You know, you don't you don't end up becoming a good piano player by just wanting to play piano and sitting down at it and trying it. Uh, there's a lot of learning and error and slow steps, and it's a lot of duty. But the delight that comes as a result of the duty is you'll never get there without the duty. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, if you're feeling like, like, oh, this is just hard to find the time. It's hard to, you know, sit down. Yeah, that's sure it is. Uh, But do you believe the promise of God that the blessing that he wants for you is there and that the the duty, the discipline can actually be the pathway to that blessing? Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. worth the most. And that's why our services are, you know, that's why in the context of this series, our services are so built around and saturated with the Word of God. Because we want to believe and affirm and practice what this psalm and what so much of the Bible is telling us. 
So, Jeff, what's your final tagline? Or I guess we need to just, I need to change it. You're not giving a tagline. You're giving us a sign-off. Not you, but in general, right? It's like a final word or a final nugget to leave people with that they can ruminate on or munch as cud. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. What's go, the cud that you want to give them? Go, go be a cud chewer for God. Yeah. I'm, um, um, yeah. Back back to the thing we talked about before with Edison. I heard another way that was expressed. Um, there's a difference between training and trying. And a lot of the times I think we're trying to do what God wants us to do. But what he's really calling us more is to train for what he wants us to do. Oh, that's a great distinction. So the word of God is what trains us. So be willing to be trained by God's word. Mm-hmm. And the, put in the effort. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.